0: Good day, welcome to the Business Agora, a series of conversations aimed to be supportive in your business and your life, held with our community here at Workspace 365. My name is Michael Benson, I'm the CEO at Workspace 365, and I'm here with our community engagement lead, Al Jeffrey, who will be your host for a number of these conversations. Thanks, Michael. And thank you for joining us for the Agora.
1: Agora means the gathering or the exchange. And in these conversations, we hope to connect you with some of the humans of the Workspace 365 community, bring light to their stories, their insights into business, leadership, and well-being, and offer useful resources and tips for navigating business post-COVID-19. So let's dive in. Dara, thanks for joining me for a Business Agora conversation.
2: Hello. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should begin just by, obviously, people are listening and they can't see where you are, but just painting a picture maybe of where you are joining us from.
2: I am in my house, believe it or not. (laughs)
1: Surprise.
2: We all probably are. Uh, I'm in my shared office. My husband and I share an office, which is cool. Uh, and I am looking out into my back garden and it's very windy and quite blustery. Um, but yeah, I'm hanging out on the coast down in Janjuk. And for those who aren't familiar, it's right next to Torquay, which I hear from the grapevine that there will be a 365 opening up down here very soon. So I'll have to check it out.
1: Great. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, I suppose we'll, I'd love to get more into into your work as a culture hero uh, but first just to share I mean how it is that you came to be obsessed with the things that you are obsessed with at the moment and why is culture and play and community why are all these things so important to you if you just share a little bit about your kind of journey of epiphanies to where you are.
2: yeah So I have always really loved people. I'm a huge extrovert, so my heart goes out to all the extroverts out there who are feeling the feels of not being able to be surrounded by people. Uh, I feel like our introverted friends are probably feeling the struggles a little bit less, but um, I've always been super interested in people. I loved uh, performing for my family. I did drama in school and improv in college and um, kind of fell into the path of going to uni and getting a degree and yada yada as you do I'm American uh, if you couldn't tell by my accent and uh, yeah coming out of uni um, I worked in PR and marketing because I thought it was going to be easy and then kind of just realized it wasn't really my bag and when I moved to Australia I decided I wanted to explore life coaching but I never really subscribed to the world of life coaching, I always thought it was a bit weird and a, just a bit full on and I wasn't really into it. I remember spending so long trying to figure out how, how to, can I, can I, can I just not call myself a life coach? Like what, 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 what can I call myself? So I don't have to be that. Um, and sorry for any of you who are life coaches out there respect, but that just wasn't really my, my thing. And, uh, through my life coaching journey, um, I worked with a lot of people our age sort of in their thirties and forties, Um, who were just disconnected, didn't really have many hobbies. I, I, you know, try and explore their lives around like joy and connection. And it just seemed like there was a big void there. And I started developing content for workshops around, you know, dealing with mental health and stress and anxiety and things like that, but never wanted to really do fear-based work. Um, I really wanted to focus on, you know, how do we tap into our creativity? How do we tap into our authentic selves? And so a lot of the times when I ran my workshops, I would dress up in costume just to create a little bit of lightness uh, for like, I had a workshop called How to Tame Your Inner Critic and I dressed up as a lion tamer. Um, and yeah, that sort of evolved into then really realizing the, the importance of play and how much as adults we, you know, our lives are sort of void of play a lot of the time. And uh, my mentor talks about how play has a PR problem. You know, oftentimes we see we see it as, sort of frivolous or silly or childish when it's fundamental to our, our, our growth, our development, our, 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 being as humans. Um, and yeah, I just started to realize I wanted to focus more and more on play, started researching uh, businesses around the world who were exploring play professionally and yeah, just kind of dove in and started my business, which was called project play to start with and has since evolved into what is now culture hero.
1: Hmm. Incredible. Yeah, I love the, I just always love hearing, uh, people's I suppose meandering, but also constantly refining journeys, um, constantly working out what's not and what is me oh. or, or us. Um, yeah. And, uh, I suppose I'm curious for you play. And I mean, I think it's Tim Brown that says play is what time spent without purpose, uh, mm. which for most people is just a definition of anxiety. Um, but for you, <laughs> Why is play so important now? Like in the concept, t- context of our time and maybe more specifically COVID, what does play really afford us?
2: I think, you know, I always like to kind of look at play from a scientific lens because I feel like those are the people I need to speak to the most about it. Um, mm-hmm. But when you, when you look at the way our brain is wired, play sort of sits in the same region of our brain as like sleeping and eating and sex. So it is a, a fundamental human need. Uh, we don't really consider it very much because it can be really like transient or we oftentimes kind of lose that playful ability as we, as we age. Um, but play is how we build empathy as kids. Um, there's a lot of research that went into uh, looking at people in prison systems and you know, what was sort of this common thread around people who commit kind of heinous crimes. And a big part of it was their, their childhood was void of play. So learning how to interact with others, how to put yourself in someone else's shoes, things like that, um, really kind of shapes us as, as, as empathetic humans. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also obviously a source of our creativity, our imagination. Uh, it helps us sleep. It makes us, you know, like more vibrant in the world. Um, and I just think, you know, play play is important forever from the moment we're born to the moment we pass and I think even more so now when we're in such kind of darker times where things seem really full-on and really challenging and uncertain I mean play is something that we can always connect to even though it might seem hard and when we feel really down it feels like the last thing that we can sort of access but you know like joy can joy can live next to fear and anger and sadness um we just have Mm. to allow ourselves a little bit of permission, I think, to to find that joyfulness and that playfulness. And um, yeah, we can can do it in really simple ways of, um, you know, speaking to friends and having a laugh or watching a cat video on YouTube or doing a puzzle or drawing, um, taking a walk and like just kind of being observant in nature is also considered playful reading books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I think when we think of play, we kind of make it bigger than it needs to be. You know, play is, you know, like going to some carnival or festival and like blah, blah, blah. But actually, like, play is so accessible on a really lo-fi basis, I guess. And this yeah. you know, can be accessed anywhere. It's more of a mindset, really. I think we attach a lot to the doing and not enough to the being. Mm-hmm. And so I give the example of like, uh, if I was hammering a nail, I can be in a really shitty mindset, hammering the nail, being like, oh, this sucks and I'm going to hammer this nail. Or I can be in a playful mindset and be like hammering the nail. Maybe I'm like humming a tune or something like that and like enjoying the fact that I'm building something and I'm doing yeah. the same task, but I'm approaching it in a different mindset.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of, I think it is in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a big focus on things that give us a sense of achievement and things that give us a sense of pleasure. Um, and I know for me, I do a lot of things that give me a sense of achievement and I'm also very good at doing a lot of things that get, do give me a sense of achievement also with a sense of pleasure, like bringing pleasure into my act of doing, but I'm not very good at doing things that are just pleasure. Um, and that don't have any sense of achievement attached to them whatsoever. Um, and yeah, I've noticed that a lot during, lockdown as well i mean i there have been a couple of weeks where i've literally blocked out my calendar had nothing in there and then all of a sudden just like a vacuum just no time left i have no idea how i was able to fill it um with things uh yeah what are some of the i suppose things maybe you do for yourself or in working with others personally how do we how do we give ourselves permission to to play um because Yeah, even like having ideas of yeah, doing a puzzle or going for a walk or um, yeah, there's still such a for me a kind of level of guilt around who am I to not be doing or just living in the swimming in the culture that we swim in that is so built on doing and perpetual growth. Yeah, how would you um, I suppose support someone in in allowing themselves space to play?
2: it can be a very confronting question, but I think a lot of it has to do with worthiness and asking yourself, do I feel worthy of feeling pleasure? Do I feel worthy of feeling joy? Do I feel worthy of taking time from myself? And I think, you know, that's, that's a really hard thing to ask yourself. You know, we have to really look in the mirror and uh, unravel a few things when it comes to that. And, you know, not not everyone feels safe to do that sort of deep work, but I, I do believe that that is really what's sort of lying on the surface of those, of those circumstances where we don't feel like it's accessible or it's possible or I'm too busy or I don't have time. Um, you know, we have to be deliberate around the things that are good for us because mm. it's so easy to just get caught up in all the shit of doing and success and money and things and you know, we get sucked into the vortex like you spoke about. So it really is this prioritizing of yourself and what feels good. Because I think Mm. sometimes we're so drawn into what feels like shit, and we become addicted to feeling like shit. And then trying to feel good feels impossible. So it's Mm. like, how do you recognize the importance of what feeling good is? good does to your mental health and well-being how it ripples out into the way that you show up in the world and the way that you serve and the way that you do your business Mm. and I think sometimes we have to re rethink and reprioritize like why am I doing this what's my intention why do I care and um, sometimes that can be really full-on to do that because it's scary Mm -hmm. and we don't always like the answer that comes up
1: yeah Mm mm-hmm Yeah, it's a real mirror lockdown or just any pause really, Mm. such a mirror. Um, I mean, who knew
2: knew play was so deep, you know? And I think that's that's Mm. a big part of what people don't understand is, you know, when we think about play, we think about fun and games and kids and dogs and basketball, but like actually play is about being vulnerable. It's about being courageous. It's about being authentic. It's about stepping, you know, into a space of, you know, saying yes to things and uh, yeah like I just think like before when I said P- play has a PR problem we don't actually associate those ideas around play because we have just mm-hmm. like this kind of finite idea of what it is because of society.
1: Yeah yeah and it really is uh, appealing back of the layers of guarding that we kind of feel are required to become a grown-up um, mm. to like to stop being so playful or childish or um, mm. to not have tantrums. But I think, and science is also showing in terms of you know, emotional regulation, adult tantrums are actually really, really important. Mm. Um, the things that we hide away from come out sideways uh, if we don't have <laughs> places to put them that are sustainable. Um, yeah, during this time, how, I mean, uh, I know you do a lot of work with clients around, especially during lockdown and this time of Zoom and virtual meetings about, around creating playful and engaging online experiences. Um, mm. I'm just wondering if there are any kind of DIY quick tips that you could <laughs> offer for the small business owner or team lead who would love to infuse some play and engagement into their meetings.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big topic at the moment. You know, Zoom fatigue is real and our eyeballs are falling out of our head because we're sitting on the screen so much. But I think one thing that we've really realized over the last six months is your meeting or your your you know connecting online is is sometimes a performance. Maybe not so much when you're speaking one on one or in a small meeting, but when you're engaging groups, you know, larger groups of say five or more, you're 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 producing content, you're performing, you're providing a, a platform like someone's watching TV in a way. And so, how do you mm-hmm. actually? recognize that the things that you are doing in in real time and in real in person do not translate to the way that it works in this video world because there are awkward pauses and there are tech glitches and you have to sort of be able to embrace those moments and be really present and I think one of the main things that we've noticed and we talk about all the time is like you need two people to run something successfully you have the person who is hosting or who is kind of driving the bus of the, of the meeting or the engagement, and you have someone who's in the background doing the tech, doing the, you know, the sharing of the screen or the music or whatever it is. So the person who's in front of the audience is never breaking that, as they say, fourth wall,
0: because mm. um,
2: you know, if I'm talking to you and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, just give me a second. I'm just going to share my screen. And so it's like, there's this awkward silence. I'm like fumbling around for what to do. Oh, You know, it's just, you know, it, it, when you, when you look at it as a production, mm. it just becomes so much more seamless and you're, you're able to hold space and really keep people's attention the whole way through because you have someone else in the background who's freaking out and, and, you know, stumbling around doing the things that you would you would normally be doing in the, in the tech space. Mm. Um, and I think just, um, yeah, like ha- having fun, like allowing people to, um, you know, contribute different ideas around playing a game or, you know, you can you can get people to like create their own uh, commercials or jingles. I don't know, like it's such a cool time to let people be creative. And so, you know, why not for your next meeting instead of just like sharing statistics and stats and things like that, you like rap about what you're going through or tell a story or, a mini performance and you know i understand that's not accessible for everyone all the time but Mm. i do think that we're limiting ourselves in what's possible in the virtual space by thinking it's a hindrance when actually we just need to approach it in a different way and realize that it's like a broadcast so Mm. it's like thinking about what you hear on the radio you've got like advertisements and and interviews and and games and prizes and competitions you know why why aren't we incorporating that into the space uh, of the virtual world um, because it is so much more engaging Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah there's plenty of improv games that you can google and, and and search for games that are adaptable to the online space um and yeah it's just about getting getting creative and having fun and kind of letting go of the expectation of like we have to be productive all the time and you know you know, people are going to enjoy being online more when you do have that opportunity for sort of like purposeless play. Mm -hmm. Um, It energizes people. It makes them feel connected and and more involved in what's going on. So um, I think it's also about creating those containers. Like we're going to gather online and we're going to have fun and we're going to be silly and we're going to do this and that and this. And then the next time you gather is when you do something a little bit more serious because I think when you start to cross pollinate too many tasks of like we're going to knowledge share and then we're going to brainstorm and then we're going to share stats and then we're going to talk about projections it's just like your head wants to explode Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's just to let people get creative and you know share a picture and do a caption competition or just like little things that can just reinvigorate the way that we arrive in this virtual space can really be helpful and also breaks take breaks let people get up from their computer force them to get up for five minutes to take a walk or have a drink don't let them sit on their computer and check their email during the five minute break like we need to have that little bit of space to recharge so i think that's Mm -hmm. super important as well (laughs) love
1: it yeah lots of little things in there um but it sounds like i don't know i feel like in meetings that i've maybe facilitated with clients as well there's a they want engagement and play but no one either knows how to or is willing to really be the kind of courageous and also gracious leader to kind of call it and be like and be the vulnerable one um that actually shares you know yeah let's not kid ourselves i'm not wearing anything underneath like (laughs) let's let's go around and flip the camera or whatever it is um but it takes it's almost like uh, in some instances, those who are hosting the meet- meetings hope that someone else will bring the play. And so mm-hmm. we'll kind of afterwards, maybe not complain, but just reflect on how like we're lacking engagement or just wasn't really on fire. Um, but they're kind of hoping someone else will do that. Uh, and it's like, no, we've, like, we've got to be the courageous ones that, that mm-hmm. call it, that put a little design into it. Um, and also leverage this this time like we're all in this collective vulnerability uh and just by showing up and seeing someone's bedroom or their their kid by their side whatever it is we're already uh opening up in a new way with each other um and so we're kind of partway there so if yeah. we ride that wave and invite maybe a more vulnerable connection um yeah it's actually a really good time and and somewhat uh, an easier time as well people are in their safe space at home um to some degree Mm. yeah i
2: like what you just said about design i think design is so important and design is what creates intention and when Mm. when things are designed they're they're thought about and they're 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 better than when things are just slapped together it's like having a toyota versus a lamborghini you know Mm. one is like you know designed and sexy and has all this stuff to it and then like the other one is just like from a conveyor belt yeah so and I think that that's, it's a big learning as well, just around meetings in general, like meetings were shit and they were terrible and they sucked when we were in real time. Mm. Now things are just amplified by a hundred because we're online. And so, you know, you can see when people are disengaged or they turn off their camera or like, you know, people can't really hide so much anymore mm. in, in a, in a physical space as they normally would. So You know now is the time for us to realize that you know design is so important and designing for virtual designing for real life like we just need to create more intention around the way we meet Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of my mentors talks about this idea of like are we actually meeting when we're having a meeting like are Mm -hmm. we meeting each other or is it just like we're just assembling together to get something Mm -hmm. done and again that's where that concept of like design and intention comes from and you know, people just don't want to put in the time to do it and that's why things are not good because mm-hmm. people don't care enough to make them good so yeah. Um, yeah I think we just we need to figure out the intention behind what why we're doing things to make them more impactful
1: mm-hmm. yeah love it so many little nuggets in there um yeah shall we uh as a way of closing is mm-hmm. there any I suppose any uh we shared a lot of insights and kind of tips but uh, i suppose how would you like people to connect with you just through the culture heroes website culturehero.co
2: yeah so we we actually have been running a free a free public session every friday just offering virtual play to the world Um, we've been doing it pretty much since covid hit in sort of march april so if people are curious about what play looks like in the virtual space if they want to get some ideas about games and things like that. It's it's an open source workshop. It's one hour. We were previously running them every Friday. Now we're doing it every fortnight. But if you jump on our website, you can easily sign up and participate and again get some inspiration, have a laugh, feel a bit energized and sort of kind of wrap your head around what it actually means to to have fun on Zoom. Mm -hmm. It's possible, I promise. Yeah. Or your money back, even though it's free. Um but yeah if you if you pop onto our website and I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and always happy to share resources or have a natter if anyone's keen to to talk more about play
1: great yeah we'll make sure we put those in the show notes Mm -hmm. um yeah any other closing comments little offerings um words of inspiration
2: yeah i think one thing you mentioned earlier you, you use the idea of like you know we don't do play because it's childish Mm. And I think there's an important distinction to make between childish and childlike. Mm. And I think the more ways we can cultivate being childlike, the more accessible play will be and the more joy we'll have in our lives. And so I think a good exercise to do is like, what actually are the attributes of a child? They're creative, they're curious, they're, uh, you know, they, they're judgment-free They're open, blah, 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 adventurous. Mm -hmm. And so how can we start to cultivate those attributes and be childlike as opposed to being childish, which is, you know, self-deprecating humor or, um, you know, just taking the piss, as you would say in Australia, Mm -hmm. Um, and really like not being conscious of the way that you interact with people, I think is more childish. Uh, versus, like I said, being childlike, which I think opens up so many more opportunities for pleasure and joy and goodness Mm. in your life.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Great distinction.
2: (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, we could all definitely do with a fair bit more play in our lives right Mm. now. Um, So thank you. And I trust everyone took away at least something that feels inspiring and actionable. Yeah, so thanks for taking the time, Dara. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another Agora Conversation, and we trust you took away something useful.
0: Thank you, Al. That's right. If you are already a member with us, we look forward to seeing you in an office or an event really soon. If you aren't a member with us we'd love to welcome you to one of our centers across melbourne south melbourne footscray and torquay very soon please be in touch and call us on 1-800-WORK-NOW or on the web at www.workspace365.com.au
1: we look forward to continuing to connect with you and you with our community here at workspace 365 we'll see you again shortly